0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Good day,
2: Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today we want to talk about Lone Star Gun Rights. Uh, They filed a lawsuit against the Speaker of the Texas House, Dennis Bonham. Also, man, what is all this talk in Alabama about abortions? You know, is it murder? You know, what is it? You know, gun owners, you know, what would happen, you know, if I fired a shot and I actually shot a pregnant woman. Would I be charged with double homicide? Just curious. I'm asking for a friend. I want to talk about that. And but first, I want to talk about the Texas Capitol and what's going on. What's going on behind the scenes? What's happening? So let me bring into the conversation. Derek with Lone Star Gun Rights. Derek, welcome to come and talk it, sir.
3: Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it very much. Appreciate you having me on.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for being on. So, Derek, tell everyone your name, your first name, last name, and tell them your organization and your position.
3: So, uh, my name is Derek Wills. I am the senior editor and podcast host for Lone Star Gun Rights. Uh, We're an Austin-based grassroots gun rights organization. Our main fight right now is to get constitutional carry enacted, which we all know how well that went this session. And, um, yeah, uh, we, are, we filed a lawsuit in federal court against the Speaker for silencing his critics on Facebook.
2: And for those people that do not know what constitutional carry is, the people that are driving on I-35 or slow pack there, uh, tell them what is constitutional carry?
3: So constitutional carry is, is a law that would allow anybody who is not prohibited from possessing a firearm the ability to legally carry it on their person. A handgun specifically, on their person without having to first beg the state for a permission slip to do so. Um, we technically already have it for long guns. You don't need a permit to carry a rifle or a shotgun, but this would ex- uh, include handguns. Ultimately, it is restoring the Second Amendment rights to te- to Texans all across the, the state the way that our founders envisioned it.
2: Okay. And then um, also, you know. Tell us, because really for like long guns, we kind of have constitutional care for long guns now. So if you, you, know, if you wanted to walk down Congress Avenue, you want to walk down the, the service road, I-35, you can actually carry an AR-15. You don't need a no license or anything for that. And that can be fully loaded, correct?
3: Yeah, you can walk uh, right down downtown Austin, downtown Dallas, downtown Houston uh, with an AR-15 across your shoulder and not have any issues because you're not breaking any laws.
2: All right, so now tell us a little bit about Lone Star Gun Rights. You know what's this organization? You know because some people have heard of the NRA, you know, and but no one's heard of uh, of uh, what is it uh, the uh, what's the, the Texas-based NRA version?
3: Uh, the TSRA, the Texas State Rifle Association. Right. Yeah, no
2: one's heard of that organization. <laughs> so you know, but what's Lone Star Gun
3: Rights? So Lone Star Gun Rights, like I said, we're we're a grassroots uh, Austin-based gun rights organization. We Uh, We don't have a national organization overseeing us, so we are homegrown here in Texas. Um, We believe in the purity of natural rights, uh, specifically the natural right to bear arms and and the natural right to defend yourself and your life, liberty, and property. And that's what we fight for in the Texas legislature. Uh, we We have had constitutional carry legislation for the past three sessions, and we have fought adamantly to get that enacted. We have uh, come off short for various reasons because lawmakers don't like to listen to constituents, they don't like to listen to the grassroots, and uh, specifically with with what's going on now with the current speaker, he really doesn't want to listen to us to the point where he is silencing us on social media so that way we can't even voice what we want for the masses here. Uh, we have over 175,000 members on our Facebook, uh, and a substantial amount of them have been silenced as well.
2: So you're telling me that uh, basically what's happening right now, the Speaker of the Texas House, uh, when he doesn't like what you guys are saying or what people are saying about his stance on certain issues or you know the, his voting record, you're saying that he goes and he blocks you from his social media accounts.
3: Absolutely. And it's happened to me personally. It's happened to uh, co-founders Justin Deloche and A.J. Postel. Uh, It's happened to a large number of our members who have done nothing more than urge the speaker to prioritize the bill before it was considered officially dead. Um, And it's just, it's kind of sickening the numbers that we've had uh, send us messages saying, hey, I've been blocked please add me to uh, the, the list of people. And the list is constantly growing. It's, uh, it's coming close to 100 right now, and that's just the people that have spoken up so far.
2: And see, there now there's some history behind this. There's actually some case law, right? Uh, something's been done on this before, as far as oh. public officials who want to, who don't like what people are saying about them, critic, you know, constructive criticism because you disagree with them. Not We're not talking about people that are being, you know, that are showing disrespect. We're not talking about people that are being disorderly or uh, being just rude and and saying nasty, dirty comments. We're talking about people that you know what I disagree with your stance on this particular subject. You know why you're going against what your party has said is a priority. We're talking about you know people that are saying constructive stuff and said, "Hey, you need to vote the way your party says you need to vote."
3: Yeah, and the thing is. There, there, like you said, there is plenty of case law to already establish this. Probably the most famous was the Trump Twitter case where uh, uh, the president had blocked people from his at real Donald Trump Twitter handle. And the whole defense behind that was, well, it's a personal account. He created it long before he even thought about running for president, and therefore he has the right to block anybody. But the, the courts have ruled that because he uses it, it doesn't matter if it was created as a personal account account or not, because of the fact that he uses it as president in his official capacity to issue official statements from the president, from the White House, uh, because he uses it in a governmental function, that it is subject to First Amendment scrutiny. And so that means freedom of speech and the redress of grievances against your government.
2: And so, okay, so let's go back a little bit, because um, there is... There are some situations with, like, uh, President Trump where he's done the same thing, correct?
3: Yeah, and, th- and that's the case that I'm talking about. Okay. It's uh, Knight Institute uh, versus Trump, and uh, they have ruled that because of how he utilizes his Twitter account, even though it's personal, uh, how he utilizes it as president means that he doesn't have the authority to block people. Now, if he were to strictly keep that Twitter handle personal— Right. Then it would be a different story. But because he doesn't and he hasn't, then that means that it is subject to First Amendment scrutiny as the, as the court ruled. And you brought up earlier about you know, inappropriate comments. There's another case law out of uh, Hunt County, Texas, that went up to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, and they said that inappropriateness doesn't isn't grounds for a government entity. To block people on social media, this was against the Hunt County Sheriff's Office, and they said that inappropriateness is arbitrary and subjective, and said that incited other case law that said that it doesn't matter if it's offensive to whoever hears it, because a government entity on a public forum is uh, subject to First Amendment scrutiny. They can't even discriminate based on inappropriateness now. As far as I know, none of our members were being inappropriate or offensive. But even if they were, the Fifth Circuit has said that that doesn't matter. All
2: right. We're talking with uh, Derek with Lone Star Gun Rights. We're talking about this lawsuit against uh, with Lone Star Gun Rights versus Speaker Bonin. Also, I want to ask you, is abortion murder? If I shoot a pregnant woman, am I going to be charged with double homicide? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
3: Peace. This is Touré. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.
1: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill.
2: That's right. We're talking with Derek Wills with tech, uh, with Lone Star Gun Rights. We're talking about this lawsuit they filed against Speaker Dennis Bonham. Uh, Speaker Bonin thinks that he can block citizens. You know, you, the regular old Joe from making comments on his social media account. You know what? You're elected official. And if people are disappointed in your work, they're disappointed in what you're doing because they sent you to the Capitol to be the voice for them. and You're not doing what you're supposed to do. Then they should have some type of recourse and be able to say something, be able to criticize you or say whatever. It doesn't matter. And we're saying, you know what? You cannot block someone from that account. You're using that account for your personal use, using that account for uh, as speaker of the house. You know what? That's your fault. That's on you. But you know what? We have some type of recourse and we're going to say something. We're going to voice our opinion to let you know that we're disappointing you. So with uh, Derek, uh, with uh, Lone Star Gun Rights, Derek, you know, I got a question for you. So any of these other cases, have they gone to court, been settled yet?
3: Uh, The one from the Fifth Circuit uh, was uh, settled. And that was that case is Robinson v. County, I'm sorry, Hunt County Sheriff's Office. Okay. Uh, I believe that the Trump case might be going for another appeal, but the case that I the summary that I have read was a judgment that came down from uh, one of the, uh, one of the senior courts. I forget which one. Uh, but the, the thing is, it's still, it's still all applicable because right. the, because of the fact that it, it doesn't matter if it's a private page, if it doesn't matter if it's offensive, it doesn't matter if, if it is uh, if it is controlled by somebody else the fact that a government uh, a government official an elected official is using this page as in their official capacity as whatever office they hold they have taken government over ownership of that page and it is a public forum as many cases have already established
2: so what you're saying is basically, if he used this page just for personal use, just you know about his family and things of that nature, uh, he didn't post any uh, any political you know issues at all. And then he actually had a speaker of the house, like we have, a, you know, the governor has a page. If he had the speaker of the Texas House page, and he used that. Then that would be different.
3: Yeah, it would be completely different. Uh, you know, the, going back to the Donald Trump Twitter thing, if the president had used his real Donald Trump Twitter handle completely for personal use and then every official tweet came from at White House, it would be a completely different ruling and understandably so because he is using his personal Twitter for personal reasons and he would be using his uh, White House Twitter for official reasons. But because he didn't establish that difference uh, and he utilized both in their official capacity, it becomes a government operated uh, page.
2: All right. Now, I didn't have a chance to ask you this on, on previous shows or anything like that. haven't had you on to ask you this. But, you know, what's your take on what's happened with Chris McNutt and how that situation all panned out?
3: So Chris and I are friends. Uh, Chris is a wonderful man. And, uh, you know, in, in case people don't know, uh, he's the executive director for Texas Gun Rights, which is a separate organization from Lone Star Gun Rights. Uh, but we both have the same goal and we both corroborate and we both talk and we both make sure that we're all on the same page because we don't want to step on each other's toes. Right. Chris McNutt had told us that he was going to Kansas districts before this whole thing happened. And we were all on board with it. We thought it was great. In fact, he texted me immediately after leaving Bonin's house, after talking with the DPS troopers and told me what happened. And, as a result, we th- you know I kind of laughed at it. I thought it was kind of funny, but we weren't expecting what happened to be twisted in the uh, the national media. And we just couldn't anticipate that. And to be honest, everything that has happened with Chris in this this entire thing is atrocious. And I honestly hope that uh, that NAGR. The national Association for Gun Rights, who is the national organization over Texas gun rights. I hope NAGR, I hope Chris and Texas gun rights, they do something to uh, bring justice to, to what happened. Uh, because as far as I'm concerned, what the speaker was doing as it relates to Chris was libelous and slanderous, both because it was both written and spoken. Uh, and I think that he needs to face the face the music for those.
2: I think the best thing to do is to unseat him. I think the best thing to do is to, you know, when it's election time, you know, get as many people as you possibly can and bust him down to his district and block walk and knock on doors um, and unseat him. I think that's the best thing to do. Get, make sure he gets a primary opponent um, and, and, and make his job. If he does get reelected, make it very difficult on him. And I think that's the only yeah. thing they'll understand.
3: Absolutely, and uh, we—I'm on the exact same page with you. We are actually uh, looking into—at least from an exploratory standpoint—looking into somebody that might be able to primary him. It's going to be difficult. It's not impossible, but he is the sitting speaker of the Texas House. He's the third most powerful elected official in the state of Texas. Right. It's going to be a difficult—it's uh, going to be a difficult journey to try and unseat him, but. Uh, you know, and, really, and, and, and,
2: and re- really, in reality, he's like the second most powerful. The governor is really not that powerful. The the two people that Correct. are the most powerful are going to be uh, the speaker and the you know, the lieutenant governor.
3: Yes, absolutely, and uh, but and but he's got a war chest behind him. But uh, given what he has done, both to Chris McNutt, uh what he has done to our organization, the the. Uh, deliberate misinformation that he spread about what constitutional carry does, the silencing of his critics, uh, and then the self embarrassment that he did at the uh, Texas GOP fundraising dinner. I believe that he's made quite a few enemies. So time will tell. We will see what happens. But it, it, it's too early to speak on it. We, session's still not over, and we have a whole another year before the primary season. So. Um, you know that's something that we're going to be taking a look at very
2: closely. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you a little secret. You know, we've been doing a documentary uh, at the Capitol, and we've been interviewing quite a few people for this documentary on just the process, how things happen um, you know, at the Capitol, the Texas Capitol, because it's a little different. And then also you know, just the, we've been highlighting you know, gun legislation and how it gets passed, how things get killed, and things of that nature. And I had an opportunity to sit down and interview um, Representative Pancho Navarro and we, and like I said, this was on camera. Okay? And when I interviewed Representative Pancho, and I normally, you know, I spar, I go back and forth with someone. I, you know, I like to ask questions, and I don't want them to finish their sentence. I, you know, want to get in there and ask what I want to ask, and and kind of change their thoughts a little bit, and really get them to say stuff. But in this case, I sat back and I let. Um, Representative Poncho actually just talked, and when I let him talk, boy did he talk. And and the things that he told me was that and this is going to come out in the documentary. And the things that he told me was, hey, you know, the reason he's there where he is as the chair of the homeland was it Homeland Security,
3: Homeland Security and Public
2: Safety. Okay, yes. so the reason he's chair of Homeland Security is so he can provide some type of cover for the Republicans, so that you know. He can be that shelter and hold on and, and make sure some of those bills don't come up for a vote because he has that authority as the chair of that committee. Uh, he can do that and also, you know, just provide that cover for them. And he actually just came out and said this, and this is all going to come out during a documentary.
3: Well, I'm excited for that. Uh, you know, we had our suspicions of that. Uh, we had everything but confirmation of that, and it, it doesn't really surprise me that he would actually admit to that. Uh, Poncho Navarro is somewhat of an arrogant individual. Uh, he has—he's not bashful to say the least. He's—you know—we've he, had words back and forth on Twitter as well uh, as other things. But you know, I'm—it's—it confirms our suspicions. It confirms the rumors that we've that we've heard across the Capitol as to why he was appointed. And to be honest, that that just means even more. That uh, Dennis Bonin needs to be unseated because of the fact that he knew that appointing an anti-gun Democrat to chair the committee where historically every constitutional carry and most other pro-gun bills go through first, uh, that, sh- that should have been a telltale sign about how, how Dennis Bonin is not really a supporter of the right to bear arms.
2: We're talking with Derek Wills. He's with Lone Star Gun Rights. Talk about the lawsuit they filed against Speaker Dennis Bonin. Also, what I ask you is abortion murder. You know, if I shoot a pregnant woman, am I going to be charged with double homicide? This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talking.
1: This is
4: on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cardell.
3: Tune In is the audio platform with something for everyone.
0: News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports.
2: clock at four. Doncic, the step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yeah,
3: and even podcasts. Whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
1: Welcome back to Come and It, and now here's Michael Cargill.
2: Alright, we're talking with Derek Wills. He's with Lone Star Gun Rights and we're talking about this lawsuit they filed against Speaker of the Texas House Dennis Bonham. And also, we're going to talk about abortion, because I want to know from you, is abortion murder? Is it murder? Um, What are the commandments if you're religious? I'm just curious, asking for a friend. I don't care. This is not my fight. I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm a one-issue person. I just care about the Second Amendment. That's all I care about, because with that, I can protect everything, so I'm not worried about anything. So I'm just curious. You know, uh, about this abortion talk in Alabama and all this talk about the city of Austin saying they're going to they're boycotting Alabama. The city of Austin is going to boycott Alabama as if Alabama really cares. I don't even go to Alabama. So why are you going to boycott Alabama? Let me tell you, you know, the city of Austin, the mayor of this town, should be focused on the homeless situation. He should be focused on the fact that our uh, homicides uh, uh, by uh, automobiles has increased by 30 percent in this town he should be concerned about that more people are dying on austin roads by 30 percent than they have the previous year that is insane um also there's some breaking news coming out of south austin where uh someone near it's congress and ben white actually was shot uh in uh, zach what are the details on that
4: yeah it happened about uh, three hours ago, uh-huh. one guy was shot, taken to the hospital, and one person
2: has been arrested. And I, I tell you, that little area, Ben White there in South Austin, Ben White from 35 going all the way to Mopac, um, is just it's, – it's terrible. It's its actually just getting it's, – it's getting awful.
4: There are a lot of homeless camps around a there lot. too.
2: There's so many tents along Ben White and camps and stuff like that, and it's just getting worse. I, I have – I have professors that are coming over from St. Edward's University, you know, concerned about their personal safety. And that is sad. And St. Edward's is a no-gun campus. You can't carry a handgun uh, with a handgun license at St. Edward's.
4: Yeah, not if uh, they know about
2: it. <laughs> so, And they're concerned about their personal safety. They're trying to see what are some of their options. You know, what can they do to protect themselves? They, they travel to and from St. Edward's University. Because you know, St. Edward's obviously don't care, and that' that area is getting terrible, it's getting worse right by Walmart there it's it's all it's getting awful, just completely awful and now we have someone who just got shot right in that same area, and every single day there's always there's something going on in that area.
4: Yeah, and the police will come and uh, disband
2: those homeless camps, right, and they'll just be back a few days later. All right so th- this this puts it on the city of Austin It's not a law enforcement issue at all. This is the leadership the city of Austin. Your mayor is so focused on talking about things that he has no control over whatsoever. He's talking about uh what's going on in Iran, he talks about what's happening in Alabama, all these other places, places that he has no control over. What's going on with, you know, climate change? The city of Austin can't do anything about climate change. If you want to do something about climate change, city of Austin, how about you do something about your work vehicles? Yeah, your your gas guzzlers how about this mayor how about you change out that SUV that you have and why don't you get yourself a uh uh what do you call that little vehicle a Prius a Prius why well, I, I want to see the mayor of Austin drive a Prius not the SUV that he has you know what I, I'm just calling this is all smoke screen it's all a smoke screen uh they're pretending like they're they're caring about certain issues and they really don't they're they go down to the border they're complaining about what's happening at the border really How about you take care of what's happening in your city? You're the mayor of the city of Austin. Why don't you take care of all the homeless, the homeless situation that we have here? It is getting outrageous. You know, you have students at the University of Texas campus. They are so concerned about their personal safety. Just traveling from their apartment to the campus is like a nightmare for them. And this city is doing nothing about it. Nothing whatsoever. But you know what? I digress. So let me go back to uh, Derek with uh, Lone Star Gunner, right? So, Derek, you know, the this 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 backdoor backroom stuff that's going on in the Capitol with people pretending like they actually care about the Second Amendment issues. They're pretending uh, like they care because, Derek, tell the people what is uh, what are the the main priorities for the Texas Republican Party as it pertains to the Second Amendment?
3: Well, the number one legislative priority for the past, I think, six or seven years now from the Texas Republican Party, the number one legislative priority has been to get constitutional carry enacted. That is to to restore the right to keep and bear arms, to allow uh, allow somebody not prohibited from possessing a firearm, to carry a handgun on their person in public without first having to obtain a license from the state. The the license will still exist for reciprocity reasons and for other reasons, but it is optional. That has been the number one legislative priority from the Republican party of Texas and Republicans elected Republicans in Austin have not made it a priority for themselves. They have actively killed it. They have actively derailed it and, uh, You know, Speaker Bonin was seeking to kill this bill from the word go, and it's unfortunate, but uh, Chris McNutt happened to be the the one that he chose – that the Speaker chose to scapegoat as his excuse. He was going to kill it regardless because, like you said, uh, Padre Navarez was appointed to chair the committee to provide cover.
2: And not not just him, too. Uh, The other committee – there's another committee on the House side that actually a lot of – a lot of the gun bills go through as well have been also chaired by uh, a Democrat, you know, who is anti Second Amendment.
3: Yeah, I, I believe that was the criminal jurisprudence uh, Correct. committee.
2: Correct. And and so you know, he's shown that you know, both of these, you know, I mean, why would you do something like that? You know, and then in the same his statements are really odd to me because the state statements that they actually released were, you know, were like, hey, um you know, these people are doing this to me blah 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 uh, and, you know and this is a bill that's never gonna pass blah 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 but he had no intentions of supporting it in the first place blah blah blah
3: right and and he you know he has said multiple times on Facebook on radio on TV that constitutional carry allows felons to carry a gun and it's not true the if you read the bill if you Go through it, you will see the phrase, not prohibited from possessing, littered throughout it, because the purpose of the bill is to make it to where a a person who is not prohibited from possessing a gun, via state or federal law, has the right to keep and bear it on their person without a permission slip from the state. He has been, he's been he either has not read it and adamantly believes that, which I don't find that to be likely, because he has to know that 16 other states have this law. Uh, But, uh, or he's just deliberately misrepresenting what it is in order to paint Lone Star gun rights and other grassroots organizations uh, like we're fringe and extremists, like he says, because, well, he's one of those, I support the second amendment, but but he's a a butter. He's a butter. And uh, as some people call him, buds. whatever Uh, the thing is, the right to bear arms is a natural right. The government doesn't have the authority to regulate it. And the fact that he is spreading misinformation about what our bill does and what our fight is for and labeling us as extremists. I had, uh, I read uh, an editorial from the Dallas Morning News that called us terrorists. Oh, wow. That is what he's trying to do. He is trying to divide us so that way uh, support for constitutional carry, in his eyes, will hopefully die. It's not going to happen because we're not going to go quietly. We're not going to settle down. We're not going to shut up. We are going to keep fighting. And, you know, that's not what this lawsuit's about. But, uh, you know, just to show how serious we are because of the fact that he is silencing his critics and he's not allowed to do that because that is a form of tyranny, uh, we're going to hold him accountable to it. And that's why we filed the lawsuit.
2: Yeah. And then definitely take it to him. Take it to his neighborhood um, and block walk the neighborhood. Just like. Just like Chris McNutt was doing, he's only canvassing the neighborhood. canvassing the district, and and passing out a uh, a pamphlet. Do you even? I didn't get a copy of the pamphlet. Do you have a copy of that by any chance?
3: Uh, I don't have a copy of it, but Do you know what uh, was, what was on it? I can give one for you. You know yeah, what was it on it? it basically said, "Yeah, it said um, HB three fifty seven, constitutional carry is the number one legislative priority for the Republican Party of Texas." Speaker Bonin is stalling it in committee. Please call him and urge him to prioritize it. It essentially said that. And you want to hear something that's really ironic. Uh, After all of this whole thing went crazy, the NRA distributed orange flyers across his district to show and highlight how, quote, pro-gun he is. Wow, really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah, we posted a picture of it on our Facebook page. I'll share it again. Okay. Uh, But it's hilarious because... The exact same thing that Chris McNutt was doing. He also had an orange flyer. The NRA did to highlight how pro-gun Dennis Bonin is. And when Chris Chris McNutt does it, he's uh, trying to intimidate and threaten his family, even though he never even set foot on his property, and the state troopers are the ones who put it on his door for him. But that doesn't matter. So 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 whenever the NRA does it, it's fine. (laughs)
2: So the, the National Rifle Association passes out uh, little leaflets. You know, it's it's in support of the the speaker. But when Lone Star Gun Rights does it, you know, the opposite message. Uh, it, then it's a threatening message.
3: Absolutely, it, wow! It, it's it's humorous and it's ironic and it's sad. That's wow. probably the worst part. Is that you know, you unless you have something nice to say about the speaker, right? He's going to do whatever he can to silence you.
2: Right. So hopefully you guys are going to, you know, like I said, get some buses together and bus some people down that that area uh, because he's a speaker of the Texas House. He has a lot of influence. It's not just about his district. This is about the entire state of Texas. This is about who gets appointed on certain committees, uh, who who gets put in certain committees, who is the chair, you know, of certain commit of all the committees. You know, that's what this is about. This person is very powerful, you know, in deciding what bills come up, you know, what what you know. What stays down, Uh, you know, what gets stuck in calendars committee? You know, this is so important. It's a very important uh, position. And so if he's not doing what you're saying he's supposed to do, if you're passionate about this particular topic, then you know what? You would jump on the bus and head down to his district and knock on some doors and be very polite and let people know that, you know, this person is not doing what, you know, we're sending him to do to the Texas capitol. We also got some other breaking news coming out of uh, about Columbine. Is it Columbine? Yeah, one of the survivors of Columbine is found dead. All right, so we're going to talk about that. When we come back from the break. Uh, we're we'll talking with uh, Lone Star Gunner Rights about their lawsuit. Also talking about abortion. I'm still going to talk about that. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
4: Hey, this is A.W.R. Hawkins with Breitbart News, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and 3-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Top 1370.
1: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. At- And now, here's Michael Cargill.
2: All right, so we're talking with Derek Wills with Lone Star Gun Rights, talking about the lawsuit they filed against Speaker Dennis Bonin. And also, man, did you guys know that in 2019, this year, more than a dozen states have either passed or attempted to pass stricter abortion legislation? Alabama's Senate passed a bill Tuesday that would be the most restrictive in the nation. So Georgia's governor, Brian Kemp, has already signed a bill that would make performing an abortion illegal once a heartbeat is detected. That new law is scheduled to take effect January the 1st. Now, two other states, Ohio and Mississippi, have passed similar legislation. The bills are expected to face litigation. Now, here are similarities and differences between the Georgia law and the proposed Alabama law. Now, current state law in both states outlaws abortion after 20 weeks unless the woman's health is at risk. Georgia's newly signed law would change the time period of six weeks of pregnancy, a time period in which many critics say many women aren't yet aware of their pregnancy. Alabama lawmakers in the House and Senate have sent a bill to the governor and that desk. And then they will basically they're going to ban nearly all abortions in the state in any stage Pregnancy, unless the the mother's physical or mental health is in jeopardy, and my question, you know, my question is, um, is if I shoot a pregnant woman, am I going to be charged a double homicide? And the answer to that question is yes, I would be. You know, so how is this not murder? It doesn't matter what side you know of the fence that you're on. You know, you're pro, you're against. It doesn't matter. You know, it is what it is. And so you would just have to settle with that in in what you're doing and understand what you're doing. And the, I don't know if you know this or not, that in New York City, uh, more black babies are boarded in New York City than are born in New York City. <laughs> and let that sink in for a few minutes. And uh, so, it, you know, what does that do to that the black population in that city and in that state? You know, just just look at that. Yeah, just You know, just take a look and, and, and see, you know, how. How, what we're doing you know to our population, what we're doing to our people, what are we saying to our kids? Um, you, you, know, you shouldn't put yourself in certain situations you know I think' we're, I'm at least very consistent in everything I do and everything I say. Try not to put myself in certain situations that way I don't expect those type of outcomes and then let's go back a little bit because there's some news that you were just talking about out of uh, uh, Florida what's going on in Florida?
4: Oh, yeah. There was a uh, woman who made a false rape claim in Florida. She basically told this heinous story of.
2: How heinous is the story? This horrible
4: rape. I can't even know if I can say it on here. We'll just keep it clean. Yeah. So uh, she basically says that a man forced his way into her apartment and battered her. It's just ridiculous. Like a broomstick? Uh, Yeah, a broom handle and a box cutter. Okay.
2: And then, and then, and then all in the end, she lied.
4: Uh, yes. Yeah, so she had been behind on her rent at the time, uh, mother of six, and turned out that she lied about it. Wow. And a man was killed.
2: How was he killed? Um,
4: uh-huh.
2: Let's see. Is it like a community thing? Pressure? Um, hmm Something right, we'll, like that. All right, we'll figure that out a little later on. All right, and then uh, also uh, someone asked this question. They asked about, uh, from Facebook here, how do they go about getting their, you know, finding out the status of their likes to carry handgun? All right, once you've completed your application, you paid that state fee, and once you've completed the fingerprints, you've had that done, uh, the fingerprint com- the company Identigo, is going to send your fingerprint information into DPS and you turning your certificate and other the supporting documentation that you have to the state you have to upload that on their website and submit that once you've done that it the, the DPS actually has up to 90 days to get the license to you now typically they're doing that within 3 weeks to 60 days right now so if it hasn't been like 60 days you know and then make sure you want to make sure you actually submit the the certificate to them, because a lot of times what people do is when they upload the certificate to the DPS's website, uh, they skip a step. And You're sending in just the information, not the attachment. So make sure you actually did do that. Uh, so make sure the attachment was sent to them. What you can do is you can go to DPS website. You can log on. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. You can log on as if you're doing the application, and it will pull up your status and let you know what where you are in the process uh, of them completing your application and getting mailed uh getting a, the uh your license mailed to you. Uh, so you can do that or you can contact them they they've extended their hours unlike before their their hours are pretty long now. You can call them up during the week and ask them for the status of your license as well. Right. But sit back and be a little patient. Um, they'll they definitely get they'll definitely get it to you. They're working pretty a lot faster than they have Uh, In the last few years, I remember at one time it was like 90 days, it was over 90 days at at one point for you to get your your license. Now it's actually pretty quick getting to you about three weeks. So any other questions, definitely feel free to, you know, send us a message and let us know. Yeah, so this Florida woman, basically after
4: she made this false uh, accusation, she uh, also owed her neighbor some money. Uh, a significant amount of money. The neighbor came to knock on her door to ask about it, and she told her friend that the person knocking on the door sounded like the person who raped her, and so her friend ended up killing the neighbor. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So is she facing any charges? Uh, yes, yeah, she is uh, in jail for falsely
2: reporting a crime. Wow. That's crazy. All right. So let me go back to, uh, to Derek. So, Derek, you know, what's the next step for Lone Star Gun Rights?
3: Well, we are uh, seeking a temporary injunction for the time being while the case is being litigated against Speaker Bonin. Um, and we're also um, anybody who has been blocked from the speaker's page. Uh, we're asking anybody that. Uh, that has been blocked to either send us a private message on Facebook or they can email me at Derek at LoneStarGR.com. That's D-E-R-E-K. Email me your uh, mailing address, uh, email address, and your phone number, and we will add you to our petition. Uh, I also need to let you know that if we add you, there could be a chance that you could testify. You won't be listed as a plaintiff, but we are trying to show a pattern of behavior to show that it's not just us as plaintiffs, but he has been doing this to anybody that has been critical of him. Uh, so, if you could do that, that would be great. Also, because lawsuits are expensive, uh, anybody that wants to help out, if they could go to lsgr.live and sign up to become a member for just six dollars a month or sixty dollars for the year, uh, that would be hugely appreciated. I understand that there are a lot of people that. Uh, um, that might have some uh, financial issues at the moment. Please don't stress about it. We don't want to put anybody out. But if uh, if you are able to uh, to sign up and become a member, we would be incredibly grateful for that.
2: All right, awesome. And so, where do you find the uh, like the petition, and all that stuff? How can you find all that information?
3: Yeah, so that if you just go to our Facebook page at Lone Star Gun Rights, send us a message. Um, and
2: uh, is it on the web, is it on your, the website
3: at all? Uh, no, it's not. Well, there's an article that we put up where we kind of explain it, but it's basically uh, send us an email, send us a, a message with uh, with your contact information, and we'll add you. Uh, it's, not, it's not like our constitutional carry petition where you fill out a form online and your name is added. Uh, this one is being sent to federal court, so it's kind of a different scenario. We just need you to contact us and we'll get you added.
2: Nice. All right. Awesome. And so, yeah, and it's it's a big process. It's 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 a big deal to you know go up against the man um, and to follow something like this. So you guys are definitely you know doing the Lord's work.
3: Well, I appreciate that. I mean, uh, we couldn't do it without the support that we have already. Uh, it means the world to us that we have so many wonderful followers, wonderful members that uh, are able to help as they as much as they can. Uh, w- without without those of without those that follow us and become members, we would just be a bunch of highfalutin heifers just uh, screaming at nobody. <laughs> so uh, it uh, it really does mean the world to us that, that we have as many wonderful members as we do.
2: Absolutely. Well, i tell you what. Thank you, Derek. Uh, with Lone Star Gun Ration coming on and explaining all this stuff to us and letting us know what you guys are doing and, and what we can do to help as far as, you know, Letting you guys know, hey, we've also been shut down and blocked from Speaker Bonin's page as well. So definitely get that message to you, uh, Lone Star Gun Rights. Send them an emails, send them a Facebook message, and let them know that hey, you too have been blocked or banned from Speaker Bonin, and you want to you know see what you can do to help the cause. And so definitely, Derek, thank you for for coming on, and we will chat with you later. Thanks for having me, Michael. Absolutely. All right, so um, man, it's. There's a lot going on at the, in Austin. Like I said before, you know, homicides are actually up in this town, which is not unexpected since the, the, the population of the city has actually grown. So I don't want to give you this misinterpretation of what I'm trying to say here. Uh, so that's expected to go up as the population actually grows. And also fatalities you know, on the Texas roads and also in the city of Austin on the roads as well. But you know, the mayor, what I'm saying there is what this mayor and this city council can do, and that is what they can do is do something about this homeless situation. We're so focused on all the other topics, you know, the border, uh, Alabama and what they're doing, that we're not focusing on the people here in the city of Austin. Let's take care of our citizens in Austin. As always, more guns equals less crime. Go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening, come and talk it. With Michael Cargill.
0: My liberty, my pursuit of happiness. Just let me be I'll take my guns. My hole on the rain. I'll
3: take my Bible. You can keep your jeans.